You are listening to audio from New Life Foursquare. For more information about our church, you can visit us online at newlifefoursquare.org. As a Christian, there's a certain sense of uh, an inner restlessness that God's built into us where we're always chasing after our future self, the self we're going to be. You have a future self. You're who you are now, but God wants you to be in the image of God. He wants you to be full of agape love. He wants you uh, to know him and to be like him and to be Christ-like. He wants you to enter into spiritual maturity. So God's always stirring you up saying, no, you're not there yet. No, you're not there yet. No, you're not there yet. You've got to keep on growing. So you're chasing this future self that God always hangs out before you. Uh, And that's something that God tries to stir up in everyone, even non-Christians. He tries to get them their future self stirred up so they get saved, right? So we're designed as human beings to always be restless because we're fallen and we've got, come from this place where we're broken up by the fall and we want to get to this place where we're like Jesus and that's a really, really long journey and we can't sit down any time on that journey. At some point on that journey, we, 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 just, we just can't say, oh, I'm good enough because you know, we're supposed to be in the image and fullness of God. So that's a divine restlessness that gets put inside us by God, but it gets hijacked by the devil. A lot of the time, that restlessness gets turned into other things. It says, I'm restless inside, I need a bigger house. And we come up with a wrong answer. I'm restless inside, I need a prettier girlfriend. I'm restless inside, I need more money. I'm restless inside, I need experiences. A few years ago, I was going through a very hard time and I remember one morning I was sitting down having breakfast with a friend and I was so restless I said I, I wanted to do halo jumping. Halo is high altitude, low opening, parachute jumping. It's really, really scary. Now you jump out at 30,000 feet with an oxygen tank and you pull your ripcord at about 75 feet. <laughs> and I said, oh, I want to go out halo jumping. That's the stupidest thing I've ever said because I'm 61, I would die halfway down from a heart attack. That's the dumbest thing I ever said. And after that came out of my mouth, fortunately he was a good friend who could ignore, who just ignore the rubbish I was sprouting. Uh, and it's good to have friends like that who can just say, John, you're off again, you know. <laughs> right? Uh, fortunately, he could have, and I realised, I'm restless. I'm, I'm, I'm agitated. I'm, I'm not where I should be. I'm sort of disconnected and out of sorts. I need God's life in my soul. And so I was searching for, I like it a little bit of adventure. I like a lot of adventure. Uh, And so I was seeking for another adventure to fill that itchy, scratchy, restless feeling that we have inside. Now, uh, let's just stop and pray. Father in heaven, uh, we come before you for the light from your word. We want your light from your word to pierce and penetrate our hearts, illumine the dark places, to help us to get all the dusty, musty stuff out of the cupboards of our heart and help us to enter into a grace covenant with you. Uh, refresh us and bless us uh, through your holy word and its truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so th- there's one guy who's spectacularly restless in, in uh, the Bible, and that's Solomon. Solomon has 700 wives, 300 concubines, and he's always building stuff, right? Now, you know what 700 wives is like? That, I worked that out from, he would have had to get married every three weeks. I was teaching Song of Solomon uh, at, at one point, so I went and 
And there he is, this son of Solomon, the one that he's gushing about, she's wife number 61. So she, he then adds another 639 wives to, to her. So she's just discarded. She's just in the corner of the harem three weeks later. This guy is restless. He's, a, he's, a, he's addicted to building. He's addicted to his ego. He's addicted to all these crazy marriages. Uh, he, he is... He, and this is what he writes. This is At the end of his life, this is what he writes. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises the wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All things are wearisome. More than one can say. The eye ha never has enough of seeing, nor the e ear is full of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. That's restlessness, okay? What's this feeling? It's a discontented edginess and dissatisfaction. It's boredom. It's when you're clicking through the channels on the TV and there's nothing there. Uh, kind of experience expanded out to all of life. This is no longer good enough for me. I need to be somewhere else to keep moving on. I need for new projects, possessions and relationships, the sense of meaningless drifting along in life, a constant search for new ideas and for progress and for the next thing that's going to make you happy uh, in some way or form. And the first person who was restless is Cain, uh, and he murdered his brother Abel, and this is what it says. And then God confronts Cain. Then he said, what have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed, alienated from the ground that opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood you have shed. If you work the ground, it will never again give you its yield. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. So he's rebelled against uh, uh, God, he's killed his brother, and, and now God sends him out, and he's wandering around the earth, and he, he, he and his descendants invent all these tools and all these musical instruments, because they're restless. They, they can never get back to that place of contentment uh, that was the Garden of Eden. Disobedient and unfaithful people, and this is uh, right before uh, uh, Israel was taken into captivity in Babylon. It had gone. It had become idolatrous. Uh, and uh, Jeremiah the prophet says this, How can you say I am not unclean? I have not gone after the Baals. Look at your way in the valley. Know what you have done, a restless young camel running here and there, here and there, here and there, seeking after new spiritual experiences. In this case, the Baals, they had all these gongs and things banging on. It was like these, some of these people in the New Age, they go from one form of meditation to another form of meditation, and they visit Kathmandu, and they take magic mushrooms, and they're going from here to there, here to there, restless, because they're in the world of idols, and they're disobedient and unfaithful to the Lord. And they look like they're spiritually searching, but they're actually alienated from God, without peace or rest. But the wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet, and its waters toss up mire and dirt. There's no peace, says my God, for the wicked. So when people are wicked, when you find these gangsters or the, these people that are, are, are caught up in, in that, they're never at peace. They're always edgy. They're always moving. They're always like, they're never content in their hearts. 
because they've chosen a wicked lifestyle and that's against who they're made to be. We're not made to be wicked. Right? And so there's this restlessness in them, no peace. So what, what are some of the sources of restlessness? And this would be in your uh, uh, notes. You might want to jot this down. Sin, anger, covetousness, pride, bitterness, critical spirit, lust. Lust says, go, go from this person to this person to this person. Bitterness, broken relationships. Oh, I can't stand this person. Always getting offended, always going this way, always going that. Uh, uh, wrong expectations, being at odds with God and with reality. Sometimes our expectations are too high or they're ridiculous. You know, and I expect this and I expect that. And, and unless I get that, I'm going to be offended. Well, we live, we are broken people in a broken world. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, no one we know is perfect, and it's a broken world, and if I have expectations, I'll pick on Genesis, you know, if I have expectations of Genesis, and I expect Genesis to be such and such, and Genesis is a good chap, but he's Genesis, right? Uh, and he doesn't meet those expectations, I can get restless, I can get edgy, I can get disappointed, right? Uh, and that's unfair to him, and it's ruinous to me, right? Uh, I, and I can expect things of Minda that are not fair, or Minda can expect things of me that are not fair. And we, and we can get restless because the world doesn't meet what we want. And, and I remember many years ago, I saw about 10 minutes of Oprah Winfrey, and some woman sticks up her hand and says, I have a right to never feel pain. I have a right to never feel pain. That's a wrong expectation. Life's never going to be nice and tidy like you want it's going to be, Right? It doesn't work that way. So that, that puts us at odds with God and with reality. Unbelief. The Israelites in the wilderness, they, they failed to um, follow God and, and enter into the land of Canaan. So they are in, because of their un unbelief, they're restless and wandering around. And when we don't believe God, we end up restless. See, God says he's going to take care of me and he's going to take care of you and he loves you. And when you don't believe that, when you don't believe that God loves you, you start say, oh, no, I'll do it my own way. And that ends up in the desert. You end up wandering around in the desert because you're not trusting God. You're trusting in your own strength. You're trying to do it your way. And you end up tired and you end up weary because you're not in God's strength. And you end up in the desert, unable to cling to the promises of God. And disobedience, resisting God when he asks for a major adjustment in your life. Now, it took me a long while for me to end up in a Christian service. I did not want to go into the ministry. I was a nerd. I was in a chemistry laboratory. I was doing some research. I was determined to get my PhD in chemistry. And God destroyed that. And God destroyed my research. And God did this. And God did that. And I was unhappy till I surrendered. I had 18 months of battle with God till I eventually surrendered and went to Bible college. And God just really got stuck into me. Got out the divine two by four and would give me no peace until I made the major adjustment in my life of going to Bible college. Uh, and even when I got to Bible college, I was really like, I can't understand this. Because my background, I have a very linear sort of mind that likes things to be verified, etc. And you'd read these theology papers, waffle, 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 waffle. I couldn't make any sense of theology. Because I like in chemistry, you know, the papers are five or six pages long and they have a methodology and statistics and da da da. In theology, the papers are 40 pages long. There's no methodology, there's no statistics, there's no verification. I'm going, this is just junk. 
That took me a long while to adjust to what God had called me to do and to be. And sometimes we have to make those major adjustments in our life. Otherwise, we're going to end up out of sorts with God. So here's a, a verse you want. It's a keeper. It's one you want to know. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you're in the flesh, you can't please God, and you're all out of sorts all the time until you get into the Spirit. So the first key to getting out of restlessness is to set your mind on the Spirit. Your prayer times, your quiet times, the things they're teaching you in EHS, all these good things. Set your mind on the Spirit. Then you're aligned with heaven. Then you're aligned with God. And then things start to work in your life and things start to click into place and you have life and peace. But while it's set on your ego and on your flesh and on the stuff that you want, right? if it's, I want, I want, I want, I want, that is restless, it does not please God, uh, and you need to settle all that down and focus on the Spirit, put on your worship music, whatever gets you uh, mindset on the Spirit. Now, we've got a, vi a video here, uh, so watch this. It's, it's, uh, it's a video originally from an addiction class, but... It's about a bird on drugs, so anyway, here we go.
Okay, you can see that eventually the pursuit of drugs, alcohol, the addiction, destroys the bird. It, the bird is restless. The bird is seeking one more golden nugget, one more hit to get high, and eventually the bird is killed through the addiction. Uh, and any addiction is, is a, a behavior or, or desire that makes your life dysfunctional, which ruins you, which you keep on chasing and chasing and chasing despite all the consequences. And restlessness drives people to sexual addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, pornography addiction, all the things that get negative and, and draw people on. And eventually, all common sense is abandoned and their restlessness drives them to a destructive lifestyle. Solomon's was destructive. He actually destroyed the nation of Israel by the end of his life. His son turned out to be a fool. The nation splits in two. He introduced idols to Israel. So this, this interior restlessness is something that can only really be filled with God. We can't solve our problem. You can't solve that scratchy, edgy, itchy feeling inside you of needing more. You don't have the answer to that. The answer to that vacuum inside you is God. You have to rest and be content in the Lord because you're designed to be in connection with heaven. You're never going to operate out of connection with heaven. So uh, the first stage in the 12 steps is acknowledging that you have a problem that you cannot control and then turning your life over to God is step number two. So we need to turn our lives continually back to God to fill that void that keeps drawing us into materialism, that keeps making us more and more frantic, that makes me want to do more, one more project or one more adventure, that keeps us going from when we get up in the morning to late at night, doing, 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 filling in the gap. And we fill it in with stuff and, uh, and we don't let the Lord be our contentment. So how do we get out of this restlessness? Firstly, the, down the bottom of this diagram, which should be in your notes, you repent of no and sin. You say, you've got a problem that this sin is driving you and that you need uh, to get out of it. Then you change your stinking thinking. Things like envy and, and jealousy and needing this and needing that or wanting to have the brightest, shiniest thing around. You say, I, you need to acknowledge that your thinking is stinking, that it's not good. That you're thinking, your mind is taking you to crazy places. And we all have that. We all have something in our mind that wants to take us to a crazy place and we have to say, wait a minute. Because we tend to justify it. So if your thing that takes you to a crazy place is being easily offended and you're easily offended, you're hurt uh, and, and you're looking for the perfect social group that will never offend you, no such social group exists, right? Uh, you need to say, that's an unrealistic expectation. Maybe you need to stop being offended. Maybe you need to just let go of that and, and say, okay, I need to, to find the spiritual fruit of forbearance. I need to be patient. I need to be able to put up with people. And if people aren't nice to me, I can be nice back to them. Uh, and you need to find a way of getting over that. So you need to realize that you've got a problem and turn that problem, whatever it is, over to God. Finally, and then thirdly, you need to believe God's truth. If you're not in alignment with God's truth in your life, nothing works very well, okay? Because God is the absolute truth. He's the brick wall. 
Uh, he's the plumb line. And you need to believe God's truth in the Bible and in the observable truth in reality. So as you believe the Bible, there's some really good truth in there for you. That God is sovereign, that God is care caring for you, that God has an eternal destiny for you. Now, if you know that you've got an eternal destiny, that you're going to be a heavenly creation, you're going to be dwelling for eternity in heaven, and that, and that you're going to, your works are going to be evaluated at the judgment seat of Christ, and you see that before you say, maybe this game doesn't matter. Maybe being the, the best at this or the best chess player or whatever it was that you, that you wanted to be, maybe that doesn't matter so much anymore. Maybe that, that career objective isn't so important. Maybe it's who you are that matters. Maybe it's whether you're obeying, obeying Christ's commands. Do you have a heart of love? It's no use uh, for having a great ministry if you're angry and bitter, right? You, know, you see some people that have big churches and they're angry and bitter and they're always calling something out about this or that or the other. Well, they've fallen short, the glory of God is agape love. We're supposed to end up in agape love. We're supposed to be able to love our enemies. Matthew 5 says the perfect person loves their enemies. So we can't love our enemies. We're falling short. And these people that are bitter and raging, they might have a big ministry, but they're falling short. So you've got to align yourself with God's truth for your life, and that, uh, that might mean slowing down, which we talk about. Then adjust to God's reality. Uh, if God's called you to the ministry, in my case, I have to adjust to that reality and, and those expectations. If you've got a reality of God in your life, he's called you to do something, he's made you to do something, fit in. Fit in with where God's put you. Bloom where you're planted. Don't try and create another fantasy reality that you feel happy in because fantasy realities evaporate. Now, I, I know this might seem very relevant, but a few years ago I was on the internet and I found out that someone had drawn this big chart of all the different battleships in uh, sci-fi battleships. So there's the battleship Galactic, Battlestar Galactica ones and the Star Trek ones and the Star Wars ones. And he compared all the sizes and shapes of them. This person spent years, obviously, doing this massive chart. Very interesting, but the only problem is none of that exists. <laughs> there's no Darth Vader, Right? There's no Star Trek warship. Starship Enterprise does not exist. So he's, he's spent a lot of time studying stuff that doesn't exist. Right? I, I mean, it's interesting from a hobbyist point of view, and I hope it was his hobby. But we need that kind of thinking isn't where we want to be. We want to be doing stuff that actually improves people's lives or is part of, of God's calling through your life. And fantasy worlds are attractive, but they're not where we need to be. And then finally, we need to move on in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you from glory to glory. So you need to say, okay, where is the Holy Spirit taking me? What's the Holy Spirit teaching me? What's God's lesson for me today? And it's good to wake up in the morning, just put out your hands and say, I believe I'm receiving the Holy Spirit of God. Just do that. I believe I'm receiving the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit today and take over my thinking, take over my life. I can't live my life apart from God. My life is too complicated for me to do on my own. I need God's strength. I need God's wisdom. I need God to give me the energy to do the long lists of tasks. I need God 
at every level of my life. So you invite him in in the morning and say, take over my day. I can't do it. Up till I was about 40, I was running around very rapidly. And it's only after about 40 I realized this is God's job, not mine. God has to take over and just let God take over your life. So how do we get away from restlessness and into the spirit? Firstly, decide to be content. Contentment, it says, be content with what you have. And Jesus says, don't accumulate possessions. You know, And all these verses in Scripture that tell us don't love money because it'll uh, uh, pierce your heart with many a pang. So decide that you're going to be content with what you've got now. You're going to be content with the car you've got now, the house you've got now, the family you've got now, the friends you've got now, the church you've got now, whatever. You're going to be content. And make that a decision. And you say, I'm going there. I'm not going to let all those my crazy thinking take me further and further out. Secondly, wait on God. Don't rush around. Wait on God to fulfill his promises in your life and don't go for shortcuts. Slow down from 600 miles an hour to 35 miles an hour. All right? My brain works at 600 miles an hour. The real world moves at 35 miles an hour. So I can get impatient with reality. I want everyone to hurry up all the time. And that makes me restless. And I really ran into a brick wall when I was in General Santos City in Mindanao. And I was, it, was, uh, it was a very dangerous place. And there'd been a couple of security incidences. And the embassy half had tried to kidnap me at one point. And I, I was uh, there and I had, had this little uh, Habitat of Humanity house that was about... 30 years old, and it was a well outside that where I had to pump my water uh, and all that kind of stuff. And there was a light over the front door that needed to work, and it was broken. So I said to someone, do you have a ladder so I can change the light bulb? And everyone goes, no, no, what's a ladder? We don't, we don't have ladders. <laughs> so I realized I would have to make a ladder in order to change the light bulb. So I went and I bought some lumber from one store and a handsaw from another, and the handsaw didn't work, so I had to go to another store and get another handsaw. I had to get some nails from another store and some... And it took me the entire week. It took me 40 hours of work to make a ladder to change a light bulb. <laughs> now, with my type A thing, I was purple with rage by the end of that week. Because <laughs> the reality was not moving at the speed that I wanted reality to move at. Right? Uh, and so spending 40 hours to change a light bulb is just insane. Uh, but you have to slow down to the pace of the world because you can't make it go any faster. You're standing there in the queue at the bank. The queue's not going to move any faster, is it? You have to decide, Lord, you're in charge of this time. I'll get out my phone. I'll do this. I'll look at something. I'll listen to some Christian music on it. Whatever. Uh, Next spiritual uh, counter move is discern the impulse. So you discern the impulse that's making you restless. I am restless because I am feeling like whatever. Right? And so when I, when I was talking to my friend and I made that ridiculous comment about halo jumping, I, that enabled me to discern the impulse and I'll go, oh yeah, I'm restless. Yeah? It was sticking underneath my conscience, my conscious level before that and then I go, oh wait a second, that was the stupidest thing I ever said. Why did I say that? Yeah. Uh, and so you say that and you realize, oh, okay, uh, uh, there's something wrong. I've got to find out what's driving me like this. Talk it out with God and with other people 
uh, and uh, and just say, you're, you're feeling this, you're feeling that, and they often help you to get your head straight, uh, and move towards life. It's very easy to end up feeling dead inside. Los Angeles, everything rushes, 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 and you're supposed to take a vacation. You can't take the vacation because, 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 and then you wake up one morning, oh, it's just dry. You're worn out. You have one more job on that stupid to-do list, and you feel dead, right? You're there. You're worn out. You're frazzled. And you have to say, I need to go down to Redondo Beach and have a walk. I need to go and eat some ice cream. I need to go move towards life. Yeah, you need to go and have some fun. Right? Uh, and you have to decide, Lord, fill me with your life. Don't let the constant chasing around, being on the freeway, being to meetings, doing this, doing that. A missionary friend of mine was on a Facebook recently, and he, he has a young son, and, he, and, and uh, he's, he's talking to his young son, and he says, uh, young said, when are you going to retire? What are you going to do after you retire? Will you run a business? He said, oh, there's no retirement in ministry. He said, what do you mean? So when you're going to retire at 75, no, I'm not retiring. There's no retirement in ministry. He says, not even when you're in hospital and there's tubes in your nose. And he, this guy says, what do you mean? He says, you know what? When there's hospitals and the tubes in your nose and you die, they're going to put calls of death, Skype call. <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote this on Allah. Because this guy's so busy, <laughs> that's what he sounds like. Now, you have to get off that treadmill. You have to move towards life and away from all that uh, crazy stuff. So, there's also divine restlessness. Uh, we could, God can be calling you to a faith adventure. He might be moving you to a new season in your life. The times may be changing around us in our society. There might be a divine calling on you. There might be conviction of heaven in Scripture. That still needs discernment. I'll put that on the end as a last thing. 90% of your restlessness is due to wrong stuff. 10% of it can be divine stuff. But a lot of people excuse their human stuff by using a divine excuse. Well, I've, I've got to keep on doing this because God told me to. And you get them on a committee, and, oh, well, God told me to go to another committee. And they bounce around, right? And that's actually the human stuff being rationalized. But that God does call us. God does move you on. God does move you to a new season. And he might push you and he might shove you to do that. But this morning I want you to think about your own motivations in life. I want you to think about what's pushing you to do what you do. Can you slow down? Can you be content? Can you find peace where you're at? Because the Lord is with you. He makes your lines to fall in pleasant places. You don't need to be so frantic anymore. And find that peace. Now, I'll give you another exercise that works for me. Sometimes I just say, Lord, I believe I'm receiving the perfect peace of God. I stop in my frantic mode and I say, I am frantic again. I need God's peace. Only God can give me that peace. I can't generate it myself. Right? Okay, I believe I'm receiving the perfect peace of God, and then I feel peaceful. Like five seconds later, I feel peaceful, and all the chattery stuff goes out of my head. All those crazy sentences going back and forth in your head, they go away, and you find peace, and the restlessness stops. So this morning has been a little bit dark. It's been a little bit heavy. We went into the dark before we came into the light. I don't want to end on a heavy note. I want you to know that God's peace is available for you. 
I want you to know that you don't have to be restless. You don't have to be in that state of turmoil. Take those steps again. Start clearing out the cluttered, stinking thinking. Repent of anything that's, that, that's wrong in your life. And move towards what that lovely peace of God that you're meant to be in. Uh, and so uh, just take, let God take hold of you, let God's peace invade you, move into that place of peace and contentment and joy in the Lord. And I think that's it. Yes, it is. And let me pray for you. Stand up. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you for listening to audio from New Life Foursquare, located in Harbor City and Norwalk, California. Feel free to make copies of this audio to share with others. But please do not charge for those copies or change the content in any way without permission. For more information, you can visit us online at newlifefoursquare.org.